want abundance. We all want prosperity. The key to open the door is as simple as gratitude. It shows you what you already have, how prosperous you already are, how supported you are by God and the universe, where it really counts. And once you truly feel that in your soul, you're open for even more to flow into your space of being. The stories we tell about our abundance now set the stage for what will come. Welcome to episode 18, where we are going to talk about the seed of gratitude and the plant that grows into abundance and prosperity. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Power serves you best when you know how to use it. We've just been through the holiday season. Thanksgiving is a time when we focus, for a moment, on what we're grateful for. While Christmas, quickly on its heels, is a time when we shift gears and start thinking about what we want, what gift we will ask for. With January, we start planning for what we want to create that we don't have yet. A flatter stomach, a promotion, more patience, something different than what you have now. I'm all for progression and forward movement, but I'll let you in on a secret. Before we get more, we need to appreciate what we have in the now. And that's what today's podcast is about. How gratitude leads to abundance. How being present in the now and grateful for what is around you at this very moment is the key to opening more peace of mind, more abundance, and greater prosperity. Let's get started because there are really good reasons why life will get a whole lot better if you make gratitude a constant way of being. Namely, it makes for the happiest stories. You've heard the saying, you have to know the bad to know the good. The idea of contrast as a teacher is nothing new, particularly when it comes to gratitude. The moments when the soundtrack in our lives is intensifying because the trauma and drama is about to get amplified is not when we are saying, oh yay, I'm about to learn something wonderful. In reality, with pain comes the other side of the coin, which is the appreciation for when pain is not present. Let me tell you a story. When I met death, and he stood close enough that his breath was hot on my face, I was left somehow different. With his retreat, he took me, with his bony fingers, past the point of the invincibility of youth. I arrived at a place of realization, a state of understanding limits in a way that had previously escaped me. As I lay, unable to move from the pain of broken ribs and punctured lung, fractured skull, deep puncture wounds in my arm, knee, scalp, a broken ankle and fingers. Suddenly I was excruciatingly aware of the blessings of a whole body. I used to rock climb multiple times a week, finding a deep fulfillment in disciplining my mind and body to take me one step further than I'd gone before. To feel the rock, sometimes cold, sometimes hot, the finger pockets, the ledges, my aching legs and forearms the chalk on my fingers and the sweat soaking through it, the adrenaline, the now. You trust your ballet partner or you wouldn't climb with them. 
So I never imagined I'd lie at the bottom of a cliff, victim of human error, ambulance racing to my broken body. These are not the things we plan for. I had weeks to lay in wait for the world and time to pass me by as my body tried to piece itself back together after the 100-foot fall. This provided thinking time and a profound understanding of a few things I took for granted. Not being able to lie down or breathe well from the injuries, my head swimming with vertigo when I tilted it back on a pillow, not being able to hold my son because my broken fingers and a broken hand, not being able to stand or walk well due to the broken ankle stripped of ligaments, made so much sweeter the chance to dance when I finally could, to give myself a shower, to drive, to walk, to get up off the couch without help. This trauma taught me how much I love my body, how grateful I am for it. I learned that when whole and healthy, it functions smooth and beautiful, and that I love to breathe. While contrast, knowing the bad so we can fully appreciate the good, is one way to become grateful, I'm going to suggest that gratitude can become a habitual way of thinking and need not only come when compelled through comparison. At its core, abundant living and gratitude is a way of seeing the world. It's picking the good things out of our stories instead of the bad. I have learned that when we do this, we see and we create more good things. It's a little like magic. My story of my climbing accident could focus on the trauma. I could relive and relish telling about the pain and the long recovery. I could focus on the belayer who dropped me from the top of the climb and the betrayal and incompetence shown. I could get lost in blame. I could focus on the scars. Or I can focus on what I learned. My body has always been a loyal, healthy, beautiful, smoothly functioning friend. It has and continues to serve me well and take me to physical heights of exhaustion, ecstasy, and everything in between. I get to focus my story on how I really learned to appreciate the gift of a healthy functioning body. I challenge you to find those abundant gifts you take for granted every day and celebrate them. Let's talk about the first and most obvious reason why gratitude as a way of living rocks. First and foremost, when you start off the day being grateful that you have hot water to shower in, food for breakfast, and heat warming your house during the cold winter months, you begin the day with a mindset that allows you to feel supported, happy, fortunate. This mindset is a powerful one to step out on. Always start with gratitude because it makes you happy, and what better reason could there be? Real, heartfelt, deep soul gratitude for the people, conveniences, opportunities, comforts, and possibilities in your life is the key to joyful living. The key to joyful living. Bringing this into your life every day is well worth the effort. How? Well, I'm sure there are lots of ways. In an earlier episode, I shared how I say a gratitude prayer every morning. This gives me a moment that draws my attention to the hot water in my shower, to the health and strength of my children and myself, of the joy in my puppy's gait as he hops down the street on his walk. That's one way. Some people keep a gratitude journal, writing each day a list of things they're grateful for that day. I have found when I've done this that going back and rereading the entries from the past is the most powerful part. Things, blessing, and abundance I'd already forgotten about are there, 
written on the page for me to relive again. I don't only get to celebrate it at the end of the day when I remember the blessings of the day, but again later on a different day. Always, it makes me feel supported. I'm sure there are lots of ways that you can bring yourself to a more habitual state of gratitude. Find one that works for you, because when you buy now, you will also get the extra bonus of abundance. Living in abundance is most everyone's goal to some degree or another. Most people don't enjoy living in a state of lack, but many people spend a lot of time thinking about lack, and so more lack shows up in their lives. When we focus on what we don't have, what we don't have stays as a permanent state. After all, it is what we're focused on. Abundance, on the other hand, is also a mindset. It's a way of thinking. It's a magic way of thinking that helps you realize the abundance you currently live in and attract even more of that abundance into your world. Abundance thinking isn't just about money. It's about what we've been talking about. It's about gratitude and rolling around in the beautiful abundance that is already available in your life. This looks a little different for everyone because everyone's circumstances are different. If you have someone to love, your help, your freedom, and the opportunity of just being alive, you are rich. If you have comforts like all the food you want, friends, indoor plumbing, and the occasional night on the town, you have more than many people on this planet. You won the lottery. Of all the people who have ever lived on the earth and of all the people currently alive, to be one that has enough food, the opportunity for education, freedom, clothing, a roof over your head, this puts you in the top percentage of abundance. And many of us have even more than that to be grateful for. Chris Lee, trainer, transformational coach, and author, says in his book, Transform Your Life, Ten Principles of Abundance and Prosperity, that when you join your wisdom, talents, and experience with others that you are creating abundance within your relationships and co-creating a network, a community you can draw from and contribute to, and that this is another type of abundance. Do you have a support network? Friends? Associates? Don't forget to count that blessing. There was a time when my kid's father and I took a trip in a travel trailer for six months through Mexico and the western United States to see places and make adventures. In a travel trailer you have limited water, electricity only when you plug in, and you have to empty your own black water. No easy flush of the toilet, never to see your dinner byproducts again. No, you have to empty your own toilet tank, hose out the tubes, and gently get a whole lot closer to the sewer than one is generally used to. When I brushed my teeth, I had to get my toothbrush wet quickly and turn off the water because of the limited water. Before this adventure, I often bemoaned paying the utility bills. I was newly married and utilities like power, water, sewer, just felt like unalienable rights a person should be given without having to pay for them. Ah, uh, use. At any rate, when we returned from six months of life with intermittent utility privileges, I was more than happy to pay those utility bills. Those utility bills meant that I had a telephone and a warm house and running water and a toilet that took black water far from my thoughts with the flick of a wrist. If you have a place to live and utilities, you are blessed. I encourage you, even on the hard days, maybe especially on the hard days, 
to remember that you are abundant now. We have life, we have breath, we have our own set of abilities. These things are the foundation for creation, and we get to pick up the ball from there. We would never trade these things for money, any of them. Everyone can begin to live in a state of abundance through gratitude right now, no matter how much money you have or don't have. There's no waiting until you're super rich or until you have the new car or the latest and greatest fill-in-the-blank. That's missing the point entirely. Abundance is a state of mind, not a stack of things you own. Let me repeat that. Abundance is a state of mind, not a stack of things you own. Chris Lee is clear in his book that abundance is a state of consciousness. He says, quote, True abundance has everything to do with how you see the world. Unquote. And that, quote, when you live from a place of gratitude and appreciation, you can shift your consciousness quickly from a place of scarcity to a place of abundance. Unquote. He goes on to acknowledge that it sounds too simple, but he says, quote, I'm here to tell you that I know it works. You cannot have what you want until you are grateful for what you have. The state of abundance is gratitude. Unquote. Eckhart Tolle basically shared the same truth when he said, Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Unquote. So on your road to abundance, the first and most critical step is gratitude. And why not? It's also the key to happiness. The bubbling water around me was getting in my ears and the fat, hairy man sitting next to me in the jacuzzi was blocking my view of the moon from the Whistler Resort Hotel in Whistler, British Columbia. Straining up in my outdoor seat on this April night, I attempted to keep the water from spraying in my face and still keep the view of the moon sliding behind the foggy white clouds and coloring them with the airy light of muted daffodil and a hazy seaweed green. From the outdoor deck in which we sat, cooking ourselves in the hot tub, I finally gave up trying to see around him and I just sat back, but his body made the spray of the jets splay up and out of the water surface and I succeeded only in getting another face full of water. Moving to the other side, I found a spot to lean out and over the side, my arms folded over the edge. Finally, I let my mind relax, being massaged by the night sky, by the moon and mystic dance with the clouds, painting them with its borrowed light. I basked in the exposure of crystal stars while my body was massaged by the warm water. This snapshot of 30 minutes in British Columbia is a super simple example of the takeaway technique. In this tiny story, I get to either focus on the man blocking my view and spraying me with water, focus on the irritation and discomfort, or I get to focus on the humor, the gorgeous night sky I was so privileged to sit under, and the great fortune of getting to relax in a hot tub after a day of skiing. That's a super easy one. But we all know people who find the negative in every situation and amplify it by complaint until they and everyone around them is in a miserable funk who wants to be that guy. I know nobody likes to be around that guy. Quoting Chris Lee again, he says that abundance is the mindset, prosperity is the result. We live in a time and culture where everything we could possibly imagine is available if you have enough money. You want to travel across the world and see exotic things? All you need is money. You want a maid, a race car, 
a surgery to rearrange your face into someone else's. All you need is money. We live in profusely prosperous times, but it's only available for those who have money. So everyone wants money, seeks abundance, craves the power and freedom allotted by the almighty dollar. Here's a quick little reminder from Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is a theory in psychology proposed by Abraham Maslow in 1943. It basically shows a triangle made of five tiers. Starting from the bottom, each tier lists a set of human needs that needs to be met before we will focus on the next set. So the bottom tier shows that we need food, water, warmth, and rest. Once we have those things, we will seek to find security and safety. That's the second tier. And once we have security and safety, we will seek out the third tier, which is intimate relationships, sex, belonging, friends. And the fourth tier is seeking after privilege and feelings of accomplishment. While the fifth tier is self-actualization and focusing on achieving one's full potential. This shows us that the things that we need we will focus on first before we move up to something else. So things on the bottom rung like food, shelter, water, having those basic things, those are important. Those are important things that when you don't have them, you need the money to be happy, to be there. But let me combine this with a study done in 2010 of 450,000 Americans. That's a large sample by Nobel Prize winning scientist Danielle Kahneman and colleagues at Princeton University. One of the things this study points out is that for those who suffer for food, water, and shelter, an increase of money most certainly makes them happier. But past a certain point of income, when all the basic needs have been taken care of, then a continual increase of money is not the key to happiness. More money does not equate with greater happiness. The goal to make six figures might be something you want to shoot for, but don't do it for happiness sake. Happiness is living in that state of recognizing the abundance that surrounds you. And while money opens many opportunities and provides security, at some point you must look at what you are sacrificing for the money. If the acquisition of your money comes at the price of your relationships, and you are past the point of having all you need and more, perhaps your best life move is to cut back on attaining more abundance and nurture the relationships that you are so blessed to abundantly have. Melanie Greensberg, PhD, a practicing psychologist, wrote in her article, Is Money the Secret to Happiness? that, quote, of people's greatest regrets at the end of life, not spending more time with their kids when they were young is one of the most common. Overall, money to meet basic needs is necessary, but not sufficient for life happiness. It is a piece of the pie in overall life satisfaction, along with relationship satisfaction, meaningful work, health, and spiritual well-being. These are the pieces of life that we get to see abundantly and with gratitude, starting where we are in recognition of the wonderful abundance around us and creating from that state of abundance. Ralph Waldo Emerson takes it a step further. He goes beyond just being thankful for the good things. He says, quote, Cultivate the habit of being grateful for every good thing that comes to you, and to give thanks continuously. And because all things have contributed to your advancement, you should include all things in your gratitude. Unquote. Gratitude, abundance, and prosperity are to each other like a seed and the plant. Gratitude plants the seed of abundance in your life. 
and from the daily watering and care sprouts happiness and increased prosperity. Because focus on the good things brings more good blooming into your life. It's really just that simple. That's why I refer to it as a little bit of magic. Because once you start focusing on it, you realize how much happier it makes you to focus on the things that are beautiful, that are going right, that make you feel blessed and supported. It changes an entire outlook. It really is a simple piece of magic. This week's challenge is to go through a couple of your life stories, maybe even a couple of the tough ones, and find the parts and pieces of those stories that give you something to be thankful for. Find the gratitude. Find that state of abundance from which to stand and bask in the ways life is supporting you. Find the night sky instead of the obstacle blocking it. Find the lesson instead of the regret or blame. Find the light instead of the shadow. Have fun out there telling your stories this week. And I'll see you next week with the next episode of Love Your Story Podcast. We'd sure love it if you'd go to www.loveyourstorypodcast.com and sign up for the weekly inspiration slash challenge so we can stay in touch with you. See you next week.